Hello? Ducks made from asparagus taste especially green. I worry about you. (laughs) I really do. Hello, welcome to Fuck Me Dead, the podcast that brings you the stories from Australia and its buddies that just make you say, fuck me dead. The time is 18.55 on Friday the 13th. I may have just smeared cat food on Amanda's shoulder. I'm CJ. And I'm Amanda, the one who got cat food smeared on her. It was an accident. Yeah, okay, let's let's tell ourselves that. It was. I had my hand out because I had <laughs> cat food on it. kidding. And you walked into it and there's also oh, some cat food Oh, it's my fault my... now. <laughs> I didn't know you were there. It's both of our faults. And I also got some of it on my beer. Can. Well, I mean, I guess that means that we're even. Yep. So we're recording our 13th episode. On Friday the 13th. On Friday the 13th. Is that a sign? Is that something? I don't know. I mean, it's probably something if you care about stuff like that, I guess. Is it like, you know how Friday the 13th is meant to be bad luck? Is it like it cancels each other out? It becomes good luck? I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> probably not. Probably not. <sighs> One can dream. We can all dream. How are you? Yeah, I've had a pretty chill week, despite everything. I was going to say, how is it possible for anyone to have a chill week this week? Well, I mean, short week, only four days. True. Did nothing on Tuesday. Did nothing on Wednesday. And then I got paid to go sit in a cockpit of an aircraft for two days in a row and just fly around with the parts and then go home. Well, it's lucky for some. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm assuming that none of our stories today are about the corona. No. So maybe I feel we like can... people probably want a break from that. But I mean, like... Yeah, I agree. I don't want to spend like too much of this episode on it, but I feel like it still needs to be addressed since when looking for stories, it was literally the only thing that anyone wants to talk about. Yeah, certainly the first story I'm going to read is very serious. Uh, it happened this week as well, but I feel like not a lot of people heard about it because it was overshadowed by yeah. coronavirus and the travel bans. And I feel like literally anything else that is happening right now. Literally, like right before we started recording this episode, Peter Dutton yeah. confirmed to have coronavirus. So a lot of people would cheer at that. He has been in contact with many members of parliament in the past week. So maybe this so means So with any that- luck, we'll be getting some good results on uh, stopping it shortly. Melbourne GP cancelled. Uh, starting Monday, any events greater than 500 people that are not mm-hmm. deemed necessary will be banned. But I mean... That's, to go to the footy yeah, I was going to say, that's everyone. only so he can still go to the first game of the footy. Yeah, and his Hillsong beat Get apparently. Fucked. Yeah, I, I did hear, I did read somewhere along the line that apparently there's a Hillsong conference this weekend, so obviously he doesn't want to cancel his buddies either. But I mean, if Peter Dutton's infected, and he's been in contact with Scott yeah, Morrison, I feel like this is going to be other much more serious. Scotty, you can't go to the footy, you might infect everyone, you better self-isolate. Oh God, can you imagine? You better self-isolate, Scotty. You better do it. Also, we've got Tom Hanks captive. Yeah, I know. Poor, um, has anyone given him Wilson? No. <laughs> Although they are trying to round up all the people who've had a um, holiday selfies with them on the Gold Coast. And Damn. there's a lot. That really sucks. I'm going like, to the Gold Coast tomorrow. Don't touch Tom Hanks, please. No. <laughs> but I bet you I could find some idiot who I could sell it to as like premium celebrity coronavirus. Oh, God. Someone would pay for it. I, I doubt it at this point. I think at this point we're just waiting for the country to shut down, essentially, like other places have already. Um, yeah. I, mean, I don't really, really know why it hasn't happened yet, to be honest. The government's net. Well, there is that, but I mean... I mean there was that thing I retweeted of like, the Irish government guy last night, and he comes out and he's like, oh yeah, we're just going to shut down the country for two weeks, here's all the stuff we're going to do, here's what you should do. He's like, yeah, our resources aren't infinite, but we'll do the best we can, kind of thing. I'm like, wow, 
Is that what that's like? <laughs> is that what that like? Is have a leader that cares about yeah. his people. Yeah, crazy, right? Aww. I mean, you know, like there's a lot of issues around the country shutting down, like casual workers. I mean, I, I'm also a casual worker, but I'm quite lucky that I can work from home. Mm. So it's not really going to affect me too much, but I'm sure there's other casual workers, like retail especially, that it's probably going to really... I'm sure really they could have used that $750 that they're not getting. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, obviously there's a lot of issues there, but I've got to think that it's probably not worth anyone's life. To continue being exposed to a lot of no. people. The big problem is that all these casual workers work in hospitality. Yeah. And they're going to keep going because yeah, they can't afford to take the time off. But I mean, if it shuts down and no one's going to restaurants or bars. They're not going to make money anyway. They're not going to make money anyway. No. I think that's why, because in America, like at least here in Australia, hospitality for the most part is a respected industry. Like it's a proper job. It is, but they're all casual workers. They which are. Like, not all fucked. of them, but like it is a bit fun. But like they at least have some benefits. Mm. In America, it's worse for hospitality workers. Yeah, definitely. And I reckon the number of cases in America is way higher than we will ever know. I think that's think probably true for everywhere though. Everyone, all the big infected things that shut down schools and stuff this week in Melbourne, mm. everyone came on a flight off the west coast of America. Oh, yeah. Every single one of them. So to me, that just speaks volumes for like how bad it must be in America. But it's a good thing they don't have any tests, so therefore officially the numbers are going to be low. I think the other side is, though, even here where we have tests and it's free, they're still not testing everyone. No, because they've only got limited numbers. I I have to think that it's probably far more common than we think it is. I mean, there have been so many people this week at my workplace that have been sick and I'm like, and everyone's going, oh, no, 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 it's just the cold. It's just the cold. And I'm like, how the fuck do you know the difference? How do you know that you the definitely don't have it? The symptoms are almost identical. I got exactly. a friend back in Sydney who's just reported that he's not going to go to an event that they're having, like, they're, like, having a gathering on Sunday or something to play board games. And he's like, oh, I can't go. I'm still feeling ill. And I'm like, fuck, you might have the coronavirus. This is the thing. How can you tell? Especially if, like, you like, don't fit the criteria for testing. Personally, I mean, I probably wouldn't go get myself tested. I might just take, like, I'd just self Especially if I'm in a position, like, if I go to work next week and I find out I'm getting delayed for a few weeks anyway, mm. which is quite likely and I suddenly get sick, I would probably just say, look, I'm going to take the time off. And I wouldn't yeah. be, just because like in my, my age group and stuff like that, it's not a huge deal for me personally if I catch it. I am worried about spreading it. Yeah, But definitely. I'm also like, I feel like if I just stayed inside for two weeks and waited it out kind of thing, even if I didn't go, oh, just because like, if there's a limited number of tests, I feel like we should be testing the people who are more endangered. Yeah, definitely. So that's why I'm like, maybe I would hold off personally and just stay home. It's hard to say. I mean, I've potentially already had it. Yeah. Well, I mean, because I, I was sick right when this all started. And I mentioned your symptoms to that the guys I'm going to go see in Brisbane yeah. tomorrow. And because I said to them, look, this has happened. I thought you should know. And one of them was like, yeah, that sounds bang on the exact symptoms. Yeah. Not only the exact symptoms, but like in the order of progression. So, and I've like had a sore throat myself. So, have we already had it? Did we get extremely I, lucky I, I and we, because we're young, we've just, whatever, it's gone. In which yeah, case, I, holy shit, I've been in airports for the past two days and apparently you can carry the virus for what, five, five weeks, weeks after you're infected? Now, yeah. so, like, I mean, I was avoiding everyone and not touching anything. So yeah. hopefully I didn't spread it to anyone. Hopefully I didn't have it in the first place to give it, but holy shit. Well, yeah, like I listened to a podcast earlier this week and it was about people who had recovered. Like it was interviewing people who'd recovered from coronavirus already. Yeah. And they were talking to this one guy and he had the exact same symptoms that I had when all this started. So I got sick like pretty much straight after it got announced that it was in Australia. Like it wasn't long after at all. Yeah. And I woke up one morning with like a really sore throat. You no, had fever no, before that. No, uh, yeah, I had a fever before that. Sorry, you're right, I did. But I, Just a random fever that no other symptoms. Yeah. I'm like, that's weird. I feel like the sore throat and the fever kind of happened at the same time. I feel like as the fever was fading, the sore throat began growing. Yeah, so like I had a fever for like two days, had a really sore throat, but then nothing else happened. And then it just got progressively better. 
and you had a bit of a cough. Yeah, a dry I, cough. I, I, a dry cough, but that's sort of on its I way out. With the flu, you well. get more of a phlegmy cough. Yeah, and see, I'm the kind of person, unfortunately, that if something's gone around, I get it. I pick up most things if I'm near someone who has it. Like I get sick fairly often. You work in the city. You take public transport yeah. to work. You're yeah, you've got a high chance of catching stuff from people. Yeah, so you've seen me sick quite a few times at this point. <laughs> yep. And uh, this was different to anything that I've ever had. And I honestly, at first, just thought, oh, there's only like a handful of cases here. It's definitely just the cold. Only a handful of confirmed cases though. But like also at the same time, it wasn't too bad. Uh, yeah. So I just assumed it was like a, a you know, a mild cold. I figured, you know, what are the chances kind of thing. But now that we know how common it actually is or potentially is, I'm like, did I already have it? Yeah. Like, can you get tested for it after you might have already had it? Well, if it stays in your system for five days. They won't test me because I don't fit the criteria anyway. And you're fine now. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I have no way of actually ever knowing. Yeah. And we have no way of knowing how common it is. Yeah. And it could become, I guess that also has the potential to become a yearly thing like the flu. Well, isn't Hopefully that what they're kind doesn't. of saying now? They're kind of saying like the, the bull's, bull's out the gate. Like there's no putting it back in now. Yeah. Um, and I, re- I read some stuff where they're saying that- Stop you know, eating pangolins. <laughs> um, where they're saying that, you know, at least 60% of people are going to get it. It's- Worldwide. And sort of after this Seriously, first year... 60% worldwide. Yeah. Fuck. Basically, I mean, as long as it doesn't evolve, hopefully we build immunity to it. Well, the flu evolves every year, but we have yeah. some immunity to it. So after this first year that it's gone through, most people have some kind of immunity to it, mm. whether they're like just a carrier or they've had the actual virus symptoms. So after that, they'll have some kind of immunity to it. We'll have a vaccine by then. I will say it creeps me out how like... Young kids just aren't affected by it. What the fuck? What are they calling it now? <laughs> the boomer doomer. <laughs> boomer doomer. Boomer remover is another one I've seen. Oh god. But like, um, yeah, the no deaths in children under the age of ten, which is crazy because usually when viruses and stuff, they're usually it's the, the elderly and the children. Yeah. Why is it? It's like what the fuck? And it's like it's not even like the kids will get it, but they don't get sick. Yeah. They just carry it. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. It's so strange. What eh? happens after 10? Is it, is, it is it something to do with puberty? It's a, it's a respiratory thing. Yeah, it is. So it shouldn't matter what age you are, really. No. I feel like kids with asthma and shit are probably at risk. Mm. But no reports yet. Surely a kid with asthma has had it. It's so common, asthma. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I had asthma as a kid and I grew out of it. So, like, I don't know. Although I did just find out hit Kenya. So, for that, okay, shout out to the one guy I know in Kenya. He works in a clinic as well actually so hopefully he's okay but yeah i just kind of feel like at the moment i'm i'm just waiting to be told to work from home which i anticipate is going to happen next week i wouldn't mind it because i wouldn't be able to do any work anyway so it'd just be a two-week holiday yeah and i mean i I, I can i can work from home do some podcast editing for you (laughs) yeah so like um i'm not too worried really i'm more worried about people's fear than anything else because i've already seen that uh Basically, when people get scared, they hoard all the toilet paper for no fucking reason. <laughs> yeah. We installed our bidet today. Yeah. It, and that um, rhymes. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm scared of it. it. I'm scared. I'm very scared. It's fine. <laughs> just, it's fine. Sure, you turn it on and the stream of water goes from the toilet bowl five, six, ten feet <laughs> down the hallway. <laughs> but that's just how well it's going to clean your butt. I know, but I've never used one before and that's terrifying. I will say, like, when I first used one, I had no idea it would do, it could breach that distance. <laughs> not until that one. But, uh, whatever, it does, it works. I, I, I tested it. Not on, like, I just was like, oh, I've installed it, better make sure it's, like, angled correctly. So, yeah. Sat down on it, used it. I'm like, yep. That's a cold stream of water on my butt. <laughs> it wasn't too cold, but we'll okay. see what winter brings. Anyhow, we've dawdled on for a long time. Yes, we have. Okay. Should we begin the story? We stories? should begin. We should begin. I've picked a couple of short stories, one that's a bit longer. 
One's kind of serious. Do you want to go first? Okay. Uh, my first story is very serious. My other two will counteract it. I sort of ease into a more goofy story. Okay. So you're um, like kicking us in the balls first up? Yeah, you know, hard and heavy to begin with and we'll bring okay. it back up. I feel like this story didn't get a lot of traction when it hit. I certainly hadn't heard anyone else talking about it. Occurred here in Melbourne earlier this week. I feel like it very much got overblown by the sudden rise in coronavirus cases in Australia, all the shutdowns, and the ever-ongoing toilet paper pandemic that we no longer have to worry about because we have a bidet. (laughs) (laughs) Police shoot man during attempted arrest after deadly stabbing spree across Melbourne's east. Jesus. So this was reported by Yarra Murray Atfield and staff for ABC News. And I also read an article on The Australian that I've added a few things from, which we'll link in the show notes. Uh, I will advise if you try to read it, it requires a subscription. But for some reason, I was getting through the paywall because it was like a free sample. I don't know. I think you're allowed to read like a certain number of stories a month or a week or something and Mm. then it asks you to pay. Weird. Three people have died, including one man shot by police with a fourth person taken to hospital in a critical condition after what investigators believe is a random stabbing spree across Melbourne's east. So he didn't know the people or? There is no apparent link to terrorism or apparent motive for the attacks. The man had no criminal history, no warrants out against him and no parole history. He does have, however, an intervention order out against him by his estranged partner and child. However, this has not been breached in the many years that it has been in place. Or had been, rather, given he's now gone. They're trying to say that it's not another um, Hannah story. Like, Mm. he hasn't been driven to it. Well, what they tried to say anyway, but... Two years ago, twice gone into a police station and said that his life was being threatened by ISIS operatives from Mildura. Do you think there's any validity to that? Who knows? Uh, From the sounds of it, I couldn't find any more recent information. They're they're struggling. They have no idea why he did it. So there's, like, nothing that they can find that has any motive whatsoever? Nothing left behind in his house. He wasn't even anywhere near his home when he did it. He's from, like, Roxbury Park or something like that. And he did all this in, like, Melbourne's east. So the first attack was at Jollymont Station around... 10.40pm on Wednesday night, the perpetrator was speaking to two protective services officers when he suddenly pulled out a knife and slashed one of them across the cheek and arm before fleeing on foot. Why was he with protective services? Just the one, no, no. So they're, the, you know the police you see at train stations and stuff? Right, okay. They're protective services officers. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that that's what they were called. Yeah. The attacker then ran past the Melbourne Cricket Ground to Richmond Station, catching a train to Glenferry Station, Hawthorne. From here, he moved to Coppin Grove and at 11.20pm, he attacked two women who were returning home from a night out in their car. So they were in their car? Oh, sorry. They had just returned home in their car from oh, a night right, out. Oh, right. Okay, sorry. In the wrong order. Following, again, another short conversation. So he's just randomly talking to people? And then fucking them up, yeah. One of the women, aged 30, died at the scene. The other was taken to Alfred Hospital and is now in a stable condition. Neighbours called Triple O after hearing screaming, but no one witnessed the attack. And also the uh, public service officer does require plastic surgery to fix his face. Oh, so stabbed him in the face? He got slashed across the cheek and the arm. Perp then moved to Q, stabbing a 59-year-old man who was out for a walk. This man called Triple O as he lay bleeding in the street, along with the police communications centre. Fucking hell. Quote, He made that call because obviously he was worrying about the community more than himself. That's from Victorian Police Commissioner Graham Ashton. Mm. And in the other article I read, they're calling him a hero because like he re- so he called Triple O for himself for an ambulance. Yeah. And then he reported the incident to the police, being like, there's a guy who just fucking stabbed me. The 59-year-old man, however, sadly died shortly after arriving at hospital. Fuck. A large police operation, including the Critical Incident Response Team, found the suspect a short time later on on Walton Street in Kew. The attacker advanced on the police with a knife with what they reviewed, sorry, viewed as lethal intent. Non-lethal methods were attempted, including tasers and beanbag rounds, before the man was shot and killed by the police at the scene. Quote from Q resident Peter Walker, I heard somebody shouting, drop the knife, drop the knife, drop the knife, it's on your head, and then bang, bang, bang. Jeez. So he stabbed 
each of the victims in different locations. Yeah. So he went That's on crazy. across several suburbs. Yeah. Killing three people. Fuck. Two people, sorry. He killed two people. And one was injured. Two were injured. Two killed. So he, sta- he attacked four people. Yeah. Okay. Killed two of them. The public service officer is in hospital for his face. Yep. The other woman is getting sure he's in a stable condition. Uh, and the fourth death was him when he was shot by the police. Right, okay. I also read in the, in the Australian article, they spoke to a resident who lived near the two women who were stabbed. Yeah. And she was like, she heard something bang on a horn basically after it happened, but she didn't think much of it in the next day. And then they woke up and they're like, oh, there's police in our street. And her husband's like, oh, I hope it wasn't those two girls. Because he used to walk past them and see them out on the... Oh, no. Unfortunately, it was. That's horrible. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I just, I don't know, really awful story that happened in Melbourne and I just feel like no one's paying attention and it's like... I, I just don't understand how he could have got away and done it in three different locations. Well, how do you track a guy who's just moving randomly on public transport? I mean, I guess, yeah. Especially because, like, it took place in a two-hour period. Like, he basically stabbed the PSOs at 10.40, killed that girl at 11.20, and then I think he stabbed the man in queue around midnight. So it's not a long period of time and he was killed, like, just before 12.30 or something. Yeah. Like, that. that's... It like they always say, like the the hardest ones to stop and predict are the lone like a group's easier to find and stop because yeah. they're a group. Whereas like an individual who, especially one who's got no prior history at all and no motive as far no as motives, anyone can find, they're like because this is the thing. Like if it was terrorist related, wouldn't he have wanted to give credit to someone? Yeah. Whereas if he's not leaving anything behind, and certainly that's if he was really worried odd. about people from ISIS coming to kill him, I doubt he was a terrorist himself. Maybe he was like paranoid. Who knows? Maybe he thought people were after him. I mean, they didn't even mention like they didn't even like I couldn't find anything to say if he was on drugs or anything because he took a taser and several bean backgrounds and he wouldn't go down. So like that kind of sounds like it might be. Who knows? I do know his name and I do know his age. One like I mentioned there on the Australian article if you can access it. But well, I mean, yeah, fuck him. He doesn't deserve to be named. Yeah. Jeez, that was heavy. Yeah. That was a heavy start. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't really make any jokes or anything about that because that's fucking awful. Well, hey, it's fuck me dead, not ha ha lol. True. God, can you imagine we started a podcast called ha ha lol? No. <laughs> Just no. We're not 12. Ha uh-huh. ha, I can has cheeseburger. It was so funny. <laughs> Remember when that was a meme and like memes lasted for more than a week? I can has cheeseburger. I used to love that website. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, it's great. Time as well. Okay. This story isn't great either. I'm, I'm going to be real with you. Like this is not going to be a fun time. Pop, Poppy's staring at me. She might want a cheeseburger. <laughs> She's like, I can has cheeseburger? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <sighs> okay. There goes our viewership. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay, I don't really know how to say this person's name, but I'm gonna gonna do my best. I got the story from the Daily Mail, and it was written by Alison Bevage. Bevage. Bevage, like beverage without the R. Okay. So I don't know how to um, pronounce the woman who this story is about. I don't know how to pronounce her name, but I'm going to do my best. Can you pronounce any of the words in this story? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I can speak the English. <laughs> Whoa. Latara Ogle, I'm going to say, is her name. Okay. Because it is spelled L-A-T-A-R-A and her last name is spelled O-G-L-E. But I, I might have that pronunciation wrong and I'm very sorry. So Latara is a mother of three who saw a distressed woman trying to flag someone down in Warnbro, which is apparently an outer suburb of Perth, on Wednesday. Okay. She stopped to see if she could assist and found an elderly man had collapsed. He wasn't breathing and had no no pulse, so she decided to try and give him CPR. Call triple O, but yeah, that works too. I mean, I'm sure someone, I'm sure she wasn't the only person on the scene. Yeah. Apparently, Latara had a resuscitation mask in her car. Who has that? When Latara. I read that story, I'm like, who has that in their car? Latara has one. Good on you, Latara. I mean, I mean it, is a, it is a standard thing in her first aid kit now, I think. Oh, is it? Yeah. 
maybe that's so why. So if you've got a first aid kit, you've probably got one. If you've got a recent one. So. Yeah, interesting. Okay, I didn't know that because in my mind, I'm like, who the hell just carries that in their car? But if she has a first aid kit in her car, that makes total sense. Yeah, and certainly my mom and my father both used to carry first aid kits in their car. Hmm, um, okay. I mean, I, I think I that's a smart actually. move, to be honest. Um, So she had one in her car and asked a man staying nearby if he could go get it for her. But he never made it back. So she had to ask someone else to go and get it. Did that guy just ghost them or was he hurt as well? You'll find out. Mm. Uh, she kept working on the elderly man until paramedics arrived and then she left because well, she didn't paramedics know any of these people and she wasn't needed anymore. So. She needed to buy toilet paper. <laughs> Obviously. When she left the scene and drove home, she realized that her iPad was missing. What a fuck. Yeah, right? What an what absolute fucking fuckwit. Yeah, like, I'm sorry. When I read this, I'm like, it's so unbelievable that it's perfect for this podcast. But also, who the fuck does something like that? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Who does that? It was only when, yeah, she got home that she realized it was missing. And she obviously suspects it was the first man who she asked to go and get the mask who didn't return. Like, who else? Yeah, exactly. Who else, right? Okay, maybe possibly someone else, but it would have to be that guy. I would think so. I think it's a safe bet. Like Either way, it's still a dickhead who stole her iPad from her car while she was trying to help a man. Yeah, like he's always like, oh yeah, I'll go get the first aid kit. Gets to her car. Oh, there's an iPad here. And no one is watching me. They're all watching what's going on over there. I take it. Yeah. Uh, no, it's fucked. Um, so I got a quote from her. Uh, I wasn't really thinking. Got a quote from her. That fucking asshole. <laughs> I wish that's what she said. But she was much more polite. Um, so a quote from her. I wasn't really thinking. It was quite a hectic scene. In all honesty, I didn't think someone would do this. No one thinks that someone would do this in this kind of situation. Yeah, right. Um, so unfortunately, she didn't really pay attention to what he looked like. I'm assuming she had other things on her mind at the time. Like saving a man's life? Yeah. And she's pretty disappointed because the iPad had edits of her latest thesis and uh, photos of her kids, which she can't get back. So, like, the only thing she's been able to do is to disable the iPad remotely. Yep. And that's it. Fuck. Who does that? Back up your stuff, people. Did the man survive at least? He was taken by paramedics, but well, we don't know didn't really say what happened to him. She obviously didn't know the guy, so yeah. I don't know if she even knew his name. It's not like you can just call at the hospital and be like, hey, did you take in an old guy? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, lots of them. Yeah, so at the end it did say um, the man's condition was unknown. So. <sighs> yeah, like... What a piece of dog shit. Like, honestly, who does that? I, how, how do you sleep at night? Knowing that you're a new iPad. Actual, like, terrible human being. Yeah, that he can't use because it's disabled now. Oh, I'm sure people who still think like that have ways to, like, get them or they just sell them or whatever or they pawn them off. Yeah, I don't know. Fucking piece Factory of shit. reset them somehow. Well, from one illegal thing to another. <laughs> okay. What a segue. Segue. Segui. Because that's how it's spelled. Segui. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Larry saves $80,000 in two years for his retirement with a recycling scheme. But it's illegal? Question mark? <laughs> it is illegal. Matt Neal, ABC News. Over the past two years, 63-year-old ex-sheep shearer Larry, not his real name, has put aside $80,000 for his retirement by taking part in South Australia's recycling scheme. Is that the one where you get five cents back for you? Ten cents. Oh, it's ten cents, is it? I thought it was five. I don't know why. South Australia, it's more. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All week, Larry drives around to different sporting clubs to collect their used drink containers before taking them to one of South Australia's depots, where he receives 10 cents per can and or bottle. How is this illegal? However, <laughs> it is illegal as a- as, Ari, as Larry lives in Victoria. Okay, hang on. Wait. <laughs> I will explain, but I will say, I'm fairly certain this is the plot of a Seinfeld episode. Sorry? I'm fairly certain this is a plot of a Seinfeld episode. Oh, really? <laughs> I've never, I never really watched Seinfeld, but I've seen like three episodes and one of them like the mailman guy... 
and the curly-haired tall man have, like, a scheme like this where they, like, get bottles and they try to take them to a different state. Right, okay. So, in South Australia, there is a fine of up to $30,000 for seeking f- refunds on beverage containers sold outside of the state. So, is that why, like, oh, no, because actually all of them have, you can um, deposit it in South Australia, right? They all have it printed on them. Yeah, they do. To save, obviously, the companies do it to save printing costs so they can just yeah. ship the cans anywhere in the state. Um, although, I will say, some beer companies, they have, like, cans where, like, you pull the top and it, like, the entire top comes off, like a soup can. Yeah. In some states, you can't have a beer contained like that, so they've just got your standard, like, Coke and Pepsi bottle opening Right, Okay. That's about the only difference I'm aware of for like packaging. Yeah. Okay. Uh, New South Wales also has a similar recycling scheme, whilst Victoria is not planning to introduce its own. Well, sorry, it is planning to introduce its own, but it's not expecting to do it until like 2023. Right. Okay. Which is weird. I was that's really weird for this state. Yeah. Usually Victoria is the most progressive. Yeah. Yeah. Until this time, however, Larry will remain a criminal, despite massive, despite the massive amounts of bottles and cans he saved from ending up in landfills and instead being put into recycling centers. Does it really matter that he's not in the state? Because he's still doing a good thing. Yeah. I mean, how are you going to catch him? I guess it's a blurry line, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's only illegal because of the fine that there is in South Australia. Of like, you can't bring in... I guess they don't want to pay for cans that didn't put money into the state to begin with. I don't know. I mean, I, I get that. But I'm also like, he's saving stuff. Yeah. Uh, so some days I mean, he will travel... get recycled anyway. I don't to know. four or 500 kilometers. Jesus. Or 248.548 to 310.686 stupid units. <laughs> miles. <laughs> uh, the clubs that he goes to love him as uh, he saves them time and money for having to dispose of it themselves. Yeah. Uh, some will have even given them... Him spare keys to their bins, so he doesn't even have to bother them. He can just go. Oh and take wow! It. Okay, so I guess it saves them time from having to sort it. Yep, and he just they don't have to get dispose of it, and it just goes on landfill anyway. So yeah, uh, he even returns some of the money he makes to the clubs. Oh wow! And they reinvest into the clubs, so they're getting stuff out of it too. So he's literally paying them to do a job. <laughs> pays them a little bit for like you supply, I sell, and I'll give you a yeah, bit but of a cook. But doing yeah. a service. Uh, Larry says this is just one of many possible benefits to Victoria having a recycling scheme. A good recycling scheme, quote, tell the Victorian government to do what South Australia does, not what New South Wales is doing. I can't remember what the scheme is in New South Wales. Um, the recycling centres would also create jobs, he says, following the South Australian model. Okay. The New South Wales one is largely automated and they don't accept dented or crushed cans. What the fuck? I know. I always crush my cans afterwards. So that, well, I used to. I don't these days. But typically I will because it like saves space in the recycling bin. I remember when I was a kid and you'd go to like the cash for cans thing that was just like set up in the grocery store parking lot. Mm. We would crush them so that you could fit more in a bag. Yeah. They took them then. Helen, who used to work for us in Papua New Guinea in our home. Yeah, I found her. I could hear a weird noise one day. I'm like, what the heck is that? So I like wandered around the apartment, down all the flights of stairs to the ground floor because I was on the top floor. Three story apartment on top of a mountain overlooking the ocean. And um, yeah, I found her with a pile of cans on her right and a... Flattened pile of cans on her left in a sledgehammer. Yeah. She was flattening cans so that she'd carry more of them to a cycling centre. It makes sense. They take up less space. Even New Guinea's doing better than New South Wales. <laughs> Even New Guinea. And they're a developing third world nation who's also doing really good to stop the coronavirus coming to their country. Anyhow, back to our story. <laughs> uh, Larry also collects cans from about 130 residents that he implies may be alcoholics or at least heavy drinkers. And he pays them $25 for a wool bale sized pack of cans. Which wow. in New South Wales, or Victoria, sorry, is only worth $5. What the fuck? But he'll take it to like South Australia and get like a lot more. Yeah. Uh, he says the work is very physical, but he can make $3,000 a week. I don't fucking make that much money. I know. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck am I doing? 3000 a week? Are you kidding me? Please. Please. 
thousand a week. Doing good. Thirty thousand every ten weeks. I'm so assuming this is tax free as well. I don't know, but that's like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, Jesus. I mean, he's only he saved eighty thousand in two years, so obviously, like three thousand must be like the exact like upper 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 limit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, that's still a lot of money. Yeah. Although, how much money is he spending on fuel if he's driving four five hundred kilometers a day? Probably not three thousand dollars. <laughs> True. <laughs> I will say, fuel is dirt cheap at the moment. Yeah. Well, no one's going anywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should be doing that instead of working. I mean, I don't own a car, but... <laughs> and it's a long way to the state boundary here. Yeah. Maybe not then. <laughs> Maybe not. Give me some ideas for my retirement, though. Maybe I'll learn to drive before then. <laughs> no one will own cars by then. It'll all no. be self-driving. You won't own a vehicle. You'll just fucking crack open your app and order a vehicle. That'd be so cool. It will be, but it'll also mean, like, we'll enter an age where, like, there's just cars driving around with corpses in them. Imagine that you order and you order your car to go to work and there's a fucking corpse in it and you press the button and you're like, oh, this needs a clean. And that goes off. Turn into soil and green. Okay, and well, uh, you took that to a place <laughs> I was not really anticipating. Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> It'll happen. Probably, but not as often as you're saying or you're implying. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> My next story is unfortunately a serious one. Oh, no, you start with the serious one so that people can forget. Sorry, this is the order I put them in. So this is the order I'm reading them out. Tough shit, listeners. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, this is a pretty serious story. It's not in any way funny giving you that warning. I also have a trigger warning for you because this describes domestic violence. So if that is triggering for you, you might want to skip the story. I will leave a timestamp. I've done one for violence against women. Why? Because a woman was stabbed and two women were attacked in my story. I don't really ever see trigger warning for that kind of thing. Mm. All right, well, too late now anyway. I am going to describe some domestic violence issues and, well... No, actually, take the issues off that. I'm going to describe some domestic violence and it's not great. Like the details are pretty horrible. So if you're triggered by that at all, I'll put a timestamp in the description that you can skip to because uh, this isn't going to be a fun ride. We'll see you soon. Sorry. So this is a young girl's story about her domestic violence. And I picked this story because, well, it's a fucking wild story. Like what she went through is nuts. Angelique met Thomas at a party when she was 16. How old was he? You know what? It never said anything about his age in any of the articles I read. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? So she's obviously very young. Now, I remember what I was like at 16 with boys. Like I was very into it because hmm. that's all 16-year-old girls think about is boys. If you're a straight teenage girl, that is. Really? <laughs> at 16, weren't you thinking about girls? <laughs> I guess, but I was also like a sad, fat nerd. So so was I. It didn't stop me from thinking about boys. It's easier for girls to get guys. So I kind of feel like it wouldn't be hard to get into this situation with this person. I bet something was hard. What? I said, I bet something was hard. What? <laughs> the pain. <laughs> okay. Um, and the trauma was probably hard to do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm just saying, like, you know, I can imagine myself at 16. I totally could have gotten manipulated into this. Yeah. Like, so easily. So easily. Like, I can, I can see how she ended up in this. Not long after she met Thomas, he convinced her to move into his house. And she was still like 16, 17? Yes. Um, look, I'm going to say that... Don't. 16 is the age of consent in Australia. This is technically legal. Don't. But this, this is not good. Things that come after this are not legal. He forced her to sign a contract, which said Freedom? that she was now his slave. Definitely don't do that. The next thing I tell you is going to make you, like, want to vomit out of how disgusting this is. Um, At least when I vomit now, I can clear my mouth with a bidet. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's disgusting. 
Um, it's just tap water. Still gross. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to mention that Angelique had an intellectual disability, which meant that she could not read or write. So he made her sign something that That's, she completely did not understand. That's how they like the slaves. I mean, are they like the slaves vulnerable, I'm sure. Yeah, he was obviously taking advantage of her and she didn't understand what she was signing. I mean, the contract doesn't mean shit, right? It's not legally binding. You can't, like, hand that to a cop and go, oh, look, she signed it. That doesn't count. Like, I'm sure he didn't go get it notarized is what I'm saying, <laughs> all right? Um, yeah, imagine that. Go, can you just notarize this for me? What's this for? I just going to get a voluntary... Voluntary? Voluntary Slav. I'm not sure how voluntary any of this was. No. To be honest. Um, it doesn't sound like any of it was. For the next three years. Three years. That's such a long time. Especially at that age. Yeah. And like 16 to 19, like people are like, oh, you're done with puberty. But I'm like, that's like physically, yes. Especially for girls. Oh, I don't earlier. know. Like you could still be growing at that age. Certainly for boys, yeah. I feel like girls start and finish puberty soon. I mean- Girls don't, like, you know, you can start at any age. Girls typically start earlier, but, I mean, for all we yeah. know, she was still developing. Yeah. I don't it, know. It's like, but even so, it's still, like, mentally a very important time. Oh, well. yeah, definitely. Like the, I, definitely. I was a very different person at 19 to when I was at 16. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I think most people would be. So, yeah, three years just sound, it sounds like such a long time. But for those three years, uh, Angelique was a captive in Thomas's house and was regularly tortured. Where was her um, family? No mention of them either in any of this. So I don't know what her relationship was with them, whether that was troubled or not, or non-existent. Who knows? She's an orphan. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know her history. Um, this really just focused on what happened to her. He regularly choked, burned, and shocked her with electricity. Um, so I've got some quotes from her directly saying it fucking some of the hurt stuff and was bad. Yeah, saying some of the stuff that he used to do to her. So these are her direct words. He would stand above me in the shower and pour chili on me or chili powder and ruin the shower to make me get out. And then he would, like, make me stay with the chili on me. Does that burn? Um, I mean, if it like gets into... if it into goes like, in your eyes and stuff. I was going to say, if it gets into, like, any orifice. Or oh, your ears. Yeah. Um, it would definitely hurt. But, okay, all right. Say you're wet with chili powder on you, so it's sticking to you. Yeah. What if you actually, like, you just have to accidentally touch and then touch your face and your face is burning. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? I feel like that would be torture because you'd then have to sit there naked trying not to touch anything. Covered in chili. Yeah. Like, I can definitely see how that's, like, mentally quiet. Yeah. He locked me in the dog cage and left me there for as long as he wanted until he said I could come out. He put the dog collar around my neck and the dog lead and made me crawl on all fours. So he, u- he used the next quote as a threat. He would tell her that she had to obey or get hurt. And if she didn't obey, this was the threat. He wanted to put me in the boot and take me out into the bush and bury me alive. I mean, that's heavy. I can't imagine like where you would be at the end of the three years. I would say by then you've given up. You're like, this this is my life now. Because yeah, three, I feel like three years is a long time. Thomas wasn't only this kind of douchebag. He also would just do all of this in front of his friends. He was not shy about what he would do to her. Or how he treated her, or how he kept her in the house. His friends are shit people as well. No, no, no. Okay. Not so much. Angelique ends up getting saved by one of his friends. I imagine. Okay. And he took too long though. His name was Chris. <laughs> <gasps> oh my goodness. So I've got some quotes from Chris about the sort of things that he would see when he was at Thomas's house. He would deny her basic human rights, water, the ability to have any communication with family or friends. He was just a monster. She was so small. She was malnourished. She was not clothed half the time. And she would just be hiding in a corner waiting to be beaten. 
He attempted Why did it take him three years. I don't know. I mean, like how long? I I don't know how much he's seen, how long he was seeing it for. Yeah, yeah, I can't say. Uh, so he also said he attempted to have his dog attack attack her. He grabbed it by the collar and told it to kill her, and it just went into full attack mode. And he had every intention to release the dog on her. I don't know, like what injuries this poor girl sustained mm. over all of this time. These are just like a few quotes that have been grabbed from I think it was in a current affair episode. So it probably isn't everything, like probably nowhere near everything that happened or what he's seen or what she experienced. It's a shame she can't read or write because she can probably make a killing off a book. As if she can't get, she can't narrate she it, gets someone to write it. Write it. I guess. Um, she got to pay them. I guess. All of this says to me that she was really not having a good time. Yeah. I mean, that's understatement of the year, but <laughs> Chris felt so bad about what he was seeing that he ended up going to the police about what Thomas was doing to her and he was told that he could only that the police could only take action if Angelique made a statement. That's fucked. I think that's fucked too. Like when I read that I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? So you can actually see domestic abuse happening and the police won't do anything about it unless someone who is being abused says they are? How often do women not feel safe enough to say yeah, of course they're not going to say anything. It's like, if I say anything, he's going to beat me more. That's like the fear, right? That's not yeah, doing it. And exactly. Makes stay. I actually listened to a podcast on this subject today, which is kind of weird because I only picked this story to do today, like later this afternoon. One of them was telling a story about how they seen a woman um, getting like abused in a car in like her um, unit block apartment building thing. Yeah. And she actually stopped and like at the front of the car and stared at him. Like, so that it was obvious that she had seen what he was doing. Yeah. But then afterwards, she's like, what if I made a mistake? What if me seeing what he was doing... Made it worse. Made it worse. And it's like, what is the right move? Like, what what do you do in that situation? I, I personally don't know. and beat him senseless. I know. But then I'm the criminal. Uh, that's what I mean. Like, and if no charges get laid against that person, you have just made that situation so much worse for the person who was getting abused initially. Should really look up, like, how to do a citizen's arrest. I don't know much on it beyond like saying I'm doing a citizen's arrest and then like sitting on the person until the police arrive. I think. And I in, would literally sit on them because. I mean, I think in these situations it is hard because, you know, like the, the women in the situation get put into a corner so badly that even if someone did go and get the cops while it was happening, she probably still wouldn't press charges. Yeah. So unless the person who's receiving the abuse actually does speak up, it's kind of hard to do anything because i mean in that situation i guess he would go to the police they'd go to the house she'd go no no everything's fine and then they're like oh okay yeah and the police are like this is bullshit but we can't do anything now yeah exactly that's fucked law's fucked um there was like that one case i can't remember who it was or even where it was where the woman um gave a note to the vet they were like at the vets for an appointment for a dog and she ended up slipping him a note saying like i'm in trouble can you please help me they told her to, like, wait in a different room and they called the cops. But, like, that also could go, like, what if he had seen the note? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, so many things can go wrong. It's such a hard situation. And that's why it's, like, such a big problem. I- I'm sure that there are so many people right now that are probably experiencing that but can't tell anyone. Well, not that they can't. They're just too afraid to. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I feel people... feel like they can't tell anyone. Well, unfortunately, sometimes when things escalate, people die. Yeah. I mean, Hannah, Hannah Baker is probably an excellent example of that. It happened really recently, which... Honestly, what a fuck situation that was. It's just such a hard thing. Like, even when you know it's happening, sometimes I don't think you can do anything about it. And I would, I would love for someone to, like, give me the answer as to what the right move is to do. Yeah. Honestly, I don't know. 
such a hard one. Anyway, sorry, that was a tangent, but I think it's really relevant and probably something that we should be talking about more, really. Yeah. Chris's answer to this was because obviously um, Angelique's not going to go and just make a statement because how is she going to explain that to Thomas, right? Yeah. Chris somehow snuck a panic button to her and said to press it the next time she felt like she was in danger. And apparently it didn't take very long at all for her to press it. Immediately just grabbed it. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow. Look, Chris has to be... He needs to like get a career in like negotiating or something because I think um, you made a miracle happen here. I'm thinking about that as well though, is depending what state you're in, it would have to be a a panic button in itself is not enough to get the police to come. Well no, he it wasn't the police that went. Ah, security. No. It was just to him. So Okay. So I thought you said like a panic button that went to like security company or No, 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 no. So it was just like to to Chris. So once she used it, Chris somehow convinced Thomas that Angelique needed to go to the police station for something unrelated. And I'm like, how the fuck did he do that? How did he talk him into it? What? So I, I figured that like he's he's made up some story about like maybe she's seen something or I don't know. I, I can't think of, think of something really good at the moment. But And maybe he's like convinced Thomas that if she doesn't go to the police station, it's going to look even more suspicious. Mm. So she has to go. Man, fuck, seriously. This guy deserves a medal for however the fuck he made this happen. So like once I got to the station, obviously Angelique spilled the beans and yep. he was arrested. Uh, how much jail time do you think he got? <laughs> Two weeks. I mean, it was a bit longer than that, but it was still nowhere near long enough. I mean, he was in jail for less time than she was in captivity with him. He got jail for two years and eight months. Fuck off. I'm like, how the fuck is that fair? How the fuck is that the right thing? <sighs> oh, God, sorry. These like these ones make me really angry because I'm like, that is so not enough time. So not enough time. He got less time than she did. So he pleaded guilty to 11 offenses. 11. And that was still only worth two years and eight months. And they, some of those were false imprisonment. So apparently you can just like keep someone at your house and that's all you'll get. Probably get less. Uh, recklessly causing injury and threatening to inflict injury. He threatened to have her killed by his dog. He threatened to bury her alive in the bush. Lost fuck. It really is. Like, I know that there is like, there is like a formula to how they figure out jail time. It's bad. But it's, it's not good. <laughs> I feel like for most cases, it's not, not enough. Like, it's just... It's shit like that, or I'm just like, fuck it, bring back the guillotine. <laughs> Look, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want him to die for that. I'd want no. him to rot in prison. Just a limb guillotine. <laughs> Make him quadriplegic and then put him on the street. <sighs> yeah, but then we just have to support him for the rest of his life. There's no, no good answer. There's no good answer. Space cannon. <laughs> <laughs> yep, everyone who does something that we deem really despicable, you're out in space now. Space, good luck to space you. Space cannon. <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> So this story actually happened a while ago, but he was recently released. And that's when she decided to go public with her story because she basically wants people to know who did it to her. Don't sign contracts from this man. Don't get involved with them at all. (laughs) So, and I mean, you know, I think these stories need to be told. I think people need to realize how easy it can be to be manipulated by someone who you think loves you. Like, yeah, I can totally see how this stuff happens. It's just um, disappointing that it, like it's not treated properly, I don't feel. The fact that she had to spend three years in his house and he gets less than that in jail, like that's yeah. fucked to me. It's like when, um, yeah, it's like when like, really rich people get fined. You did something illegal and you made billions of dollars out of it. You're going to have to pay us 300000 Okay. <laughs> Still totally worth it. Yeah, like who's that fucking celebrity chef? Oh, um, I'm not good with Short celebrity Short bastard. Chef. I saw him once. Fuck, he's a little short ass. Uh, little that, his last name starts with a Z? Yeah, whatever. So, he came to our school once. Tiny little manlet of a man. Well, he made all that money because he wasn't paying his staff. And what was the fine? Like 
less than a year's wage for one of his staff. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Fucked. You'd be like, if I was that serious, you'd be like, yeah, all right, here's the money. <laughs> fuck it, whatever. I guess the other... I made $2 billion. I'll pay you 300000 I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Sorry, that was a real downer. Um, That's right. My next story is about a penguin. Yay, penguins. So let's... Let's have a nice change of pace, shall we? Yeah. So my final story this evening... <laughs> It actually is evening for once. <laughs> it's about a penguin. No way. Yeah. King penguin encounter on southern Tasmanian beach. A rare sight, experts say. I've been sitting on this story for a while, actually. Like, I bookmarked it months ago. So I did this story from, like, January, I think. Okay. Here it is. Georgie Burgess, ABC News. All my stories from ABC. <laughs> a king penguin has been spotted more than a thousand kilometers from its home on a southern Tasmanian beach by wildlife experts. Sorry, but... A wildlife expert says it may not be lost. So it lives there? No. No. Okay. There have been two other sightings of king penguins in Tasmania in the past 15 years. So the nearest colony is the UNESCO World Heritage Site, Macquarie Island. Mm. So it's almost, if you went from the southeastern coast of Tasmania and the southwestern tip of New South of New Zealand, sorry, mm-hmm. and just drew down a minute in a V-shape, you're roughly Macquarie Island. Okay. Yeah. Which is nicely about 1,500 kilometers away from Antarctica. Hmm. 1,500 kilometers is 4,921,260 feet to any of our Liberian and/or American listeners. <laughs> Wildlife officer Dr. Julie McInnes said it was not clear if the bird was lost. It may simply have come ashore to rest after a big fishing trip or to molt. Penguins undergo a catastrophic molt annually. Oh, I was actually about to say that. I'm like, what? A catastrophic molt. What What constitutes a catastrophic molt? <laughs> they lose all their feathers in all a few weeks. All of them? Oh, wow. Naked penguin. I, I don't think they're ever naked, but like all the feathers they have get res- changed out, basically. Yeah, but still, like, that process is going to take a while. Surely they'd be, like, semi-nude at some point. <laughs> yeah, well, just flaffy. Um, yeah. So during this time, the feathers are not waterproof, so they're stuck on land. Oh, bit of yeah. a little time. Okay. Uh, the penguin is reported as fat and healthy. Quote, <laughs> fat. it looks like quite a fat penguin, which is always <laughs> nice, Dr. McInnes said. If he is molting, he may be around for several weeks, and they are asking people to leave him alone during this time, because obviously if he feels threatened, he can't run into the ocean to get away. Yeah. He can't swim because he's not waterproof. Oh, no. Uh, the penguin was first spotted by recreational boater James Smith. Quote, I've been boating around here for 35 years, and I've never seen anything like it before. It's pretty amazing. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. He's a long way from home, that's for sure. He's pretty healthy looking. He's pretty fat. Okay, why are they <laughs> fat shaming this penguin? I'm sorry, but like, stop commenting on his weight. It's good that he's fat, though. Fat and healthy. Stop fat shaming penguins. He's probably out getting food to go back to his colony and regurgitate it into his newborn baby's mouth. <laughs> I feel like I'll demonstrate could... right now. No, please <laughs> do not. <laughs> I feel like that could be a t-shirt. Stop fat shaming penguins. <laughs> and there were pictures of him in the article as well. Was he fat? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No need so to the description was accurate. He already is a barrel. Yeah. <laughs> oh. King penguins are the second largest species of penguin. The, I'm assuming the biggest is emperor? Yes. Mm. There was actually a larger penguin, but it's now extinct. I wasn't talking about ones that existed I know. before. I just thought I'd add in that little fun fact at the end. They were about as tall as I am. That's kind of terrifying. Yeah. Also, penguins, a lot of neck. Have you ever seen a penguin skeleton? There's a great tweet about it. No, but I will look it up now. There's like Someone like tweeted a, pe- a picture of a penguin skeleton and someone's like, mm, that dead ass is just all neck, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> or like, I need a minute to process it. And it is. It's like, from above the wing, it's just neck. Oh, wow. Okay. To skull. So, okay. Little what? giraffe birds. 
why is it that in the past animals were fucking huge, but now they're getting smaller and humans are getting bigger? Climate, I guess. I mean, larger animals are more susceptible to a changing environment. Smaller True. animals tend to survive better. Mm. Um, and then it depends on things like, certainly, like, when there's more oxygen in the atmosphere, insects get bigger. Yeah. Um, okay. And then you get other things like, you get, like, weirdly, islands cause both dwarfism and giganticism. Weird. Yeah. Nature's weird. Like, there's a bunch of, there's some islands in the Mediterranean where there used to be miniature elephants. Okay, that's just cute. But on other islands, you get, like, giant rats and things. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> And then you've got that island in Indonesia where you had basically, well, they weren't homo sapien, but there were many people, homo something else. Right, okay. Yeah. In saying that, though, I don't think I'd want to see a two-ton wombat. Well, some Aboriginal people probably did, and they were probably no, like, they shit, probably absolutely that's good did. eating. <laughs> <laughs> Which How do you is, take that shit down, though? <laughs> it has no natural predators, so it has no fear. So you probably just walk over to it and put a stick through its eye. <laughs> <laughs> what was the giant wombat called? Do you remember? Googling it. Huge bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the name was, that's better. <laughs> it's an ancient Aboriginal term. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually called, surprisingly not that. Um, the giant wombat. Dipridon? Oh. Dip. Shine? Dip. Rot. Dip. Dip. dip, dip. dip. <laughs> this is hard to say. Dip. Dip. Potato chip. D-I-P. Hang on, hang on. What did you Google? I, giant wombat. I, I, I Googled megafauna wombat. Okay, hang on. Megafauna. Did you know Australia used to have giant megafauna turtles as well, or tortoises? We also had giant kangaroos, which were called Procoptodon. Procoptodon. Sounds like a fucking bird. It, it does, but it's a fucking... Oh, um, yeah. I forgot woolly rhinoceroses things. Yeah, I'd call, I'd call them a diptrodon. Okay. Diprotodon. I, I was kind no, of... diprotodon. <laughs> I don't know. It's really hard to say. Procoptodon. Better. American lion. Hippopotamus. These aren't extinct animals. No. Anymore. Um, <laughs> in New Zealand, we had harst eagles, I think they're called. Mm, okay. They're the largest eagles. No one. Right. They picked up and ate moas, which were kind of like New Zealand's answer to the ostrich. <laughs> Jeebus. Uh, they had quite stout wings, though, because New Zealand was very thick rainforest at the time, or forest. Mm. So they needed like quite short wings to fly around. So huge eagle, quite yep. small wings. Then the Maoris turned up, started eating the moas, because giant chicken. Yeah. And so the harp steagles were like, oh, fuck, there goes the main food supply. Mm. Uh, so they died out. But there is also many Maori legends, I believe, but at least one, about like a giant bird that mm. would take children away. Right. Well, if the bird could take away a giant other, if it could absolutely. take away a bird the size of an ostrich. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure when the food was getting low, they probably did take humans. Yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Fun little. Little story. There's also a story in New Zealand about a giant being tricked by like a witch, effectively, and falling over, and they created one of the lakes in the South Island. Hmm. And then um, Mount Taranaki, or Mount Edmund, if you want to be 40 years ago or whatever. Was that Mount Edmund? Who this shit? Mount Taranaki. Looks like Mount Fuji. Almost hmm. identical. Great satellite footage. It's almost a perfect circle. Anyhow, he's part of a love triangle with two other mountains. Right. Interesting story. We don't have time for it here today. I don't remember it as well that well, so I don't want to mispronounce it tell it but just know that ancient maori, maori traditional history involves a love story between three mountains excellent yeah <laughs> okay we have to hurry up because uh my computer said it's running out of space oh i did know my hard drive is getting close to full so my final story 
Got to read it really quickly. It's fucking weird. <laughs> Is it long? No. Okay. Um, quick, quick, quick. So um, this story was in the midst of all the um corona ones. And I'm like, how the fuck did no one notice this? Because everyone's like, I don't have any shitting paper. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to read you the headline because I feel like it sums up the story nicely. New South Wales Family Minister Gareth Ward found naked. Disorient- disorientated? Disorientated? Disorientated. Yes. Disorientated in unit block after hospital procedure. I'm going to read this to you, and I don't know how much the hospital procedure had to do with anything. I'm going to be honest with you. He's a member of parliament, yeah? Government. Family minister. So he's definitely government. Mm. Police said they were called at approximately 11.30pm in response to a call about a naked man that was trying to get into an apartment that was not his. (laughs) So he's obviously very confused. (laughs) I think I've seen this show on uh, Discovery Channel, Naked and Afraid. When when police arrived, they found New South Wales Family Minister Gareth Ward standing naked in front of a doorway of another unit. The police assisted him in. This guy looks like. Carry on. (laughs) The uh, the police assisted him in getting to the correct apartment, where they offered to call paramedics as he seemed like he was disorientated, but he refused to be taken to hospital. So he refused help. Basically, police had to return an hour later, following another call. He was outside wandering around again in his underpants this time, so I guess he put some clothing on, and they had to escort him home again. He kind of looks like a cross between ScoMo and Bor- uh, not Boris Yeltsin. <laughs> Who's the guy? Boris London? Boris London, let's call him that, because yeah. I can't remember Boris his name. London. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, oh. so they had to escort him oh, home again. Oh, and sometimes he has a bad spray tan like Trump. He really is just like the three worst oh, leaders God. combined. Okay. Oh, well, I mean, the three worst Western Democratic leaders. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they had to take him back home again, and he again refused medical treatment. He has since released a statement <laughs> about why he was acting so weird, and he's claimed that he was acting, you know, he, that he was disorientated due to a procedure he had earlier that day, which required a general anesthetic. Bitch, generals don't make you do that shit. I'm sorry. I mean, I wouldn't know I refused to get a general anesthetic, but no, no, they don't make you do that. <laughs> I'm sorry. What are you doing? I've had a general. It didn't make like, me like, wander around like the, naked. Like the headlines are saying like, caught sleepwalking. So yeah, he's claiming it was the anesthetic that just made him wander around. That a member of our government, essentially, was just wandering around naked for no reason. Trying to break into people's apartments. It was like when um, I think it was an American politician was caught like with tentacle porn. <laughs> he posted a screenshot or something. And, like one of the tabs was like tentacle porn hentai. And then Ew. he came out and said, oh no. Uh, I was having a conversation with the family and we're try- me and the kids were trying to convince my wife that it was a real thing and so I'd open that tab up to prove it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. 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 And um, oh, who's that guy? I want to say Randy Pitchford, but I think that's wrong. <laughs> Not Randy Pitchford. He's some other big video game dude. He was like some, I can't remember what company he's in. I think he's in charge of like Take Two or whatever. Anyhow, he went to like a medieval times and left behind a USB stick full of pornography. <laughs> Why are you carrying that around with you? Like, just stop. You can't just port a USB stick. It's free on the internet. There's a limited supply. Why have you got, like, your curated library? <laughs> Weird. Oh, I'm anyway. going to watch that porn video again. Who does that these days? Okay, that was it. That was all that story. I just thought, uh, what the fuck is a like, minister doing wandering around naked in his apartment building? Well, since we're running out of space on our hard drive. Yeah, sorry. I just got the... We My computer has alerted me that I have this up. done some mistakes. And I don't have a rap this week, which is good, because it'll probably take me a while to think of what on the spot. Uh, and there'll never be a rap. Never going to do it. We'll see. It was a lie and a joke. <laughs> it wasn't a lie. It was a joke. I'll, I'll make him come up with it. Don't worry about it. It's going to happen. So as always, if you've got anything to share with us, you can email us at fmedeadpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on the Twitter at fuckmedeadpod. It's probably the best place to get us, really. Yeah. I know I love me some Twitter. Fucking always on that shit. 
Just fucking laugh at all the weird shit. I mean, there is a lot of toxicity on Twitter. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of fun stuff, too. But um, (laughs) I look at them and go, oh, and I love a good cringe. So love Twitter. Uh, We're on every bloody podcasting platform you can imagine, except for your microwave and toaster. Can't guarantee that we're not on there. Um, What else? We got got a website, (laughs) fuckmedead.com. Fuckmedeadpodcast.com. Fuckmedeadpodcast.com. Yeah, please give us some feedback. Like and share. Def- like We don't do enough to pro- promote the show, and our numbers are growing slightly. I, I know that that's I something that we're, like, we should be doing, but we are not. <laughs> but we're bad at it. We're very uh, bad at it. But certainly, like, if, if you enjoy our show, and you people like, oh, I feel like watching, listen, watching a podcast, listen to a podcast, or like maybe, you know, someone who like might be living with someone else, or someone you think might enjoy it, please tell them. Yeah. It'd be great. I mean, um, word of mouth is how most podcasts go off the ground anyway. Yeah. And like, our numbers are slowly going up. I don't know where <laughs> half of you are coming from, especially many of the overseas listeners. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> Whatever. I'm but happy to I have you here, though. Here. Um, especially like to any Americans and Liberians and Myanmans out there. Oh, Myanmar, you're making the switch to the better units. But I mean, <laughs> it is in jest. Yeah. Liberia, America. But also, stop that. <laughs> Use a real system. Okay, let's stop insulting um, Americans. And, uh... I'm not. I'm insulting the imperial system or whatever it's called. Because it's trash. <laughs> Absolute garbage. Yeah, I don't really know how that happened. Metrics make this make sense. <laughs> yeah. Metric system is like when that guy invented the Korean alphabet in an afternoon and he just was like, I'm going to sit down and make it just fucking make sense. Yeah. And you can learn Korean alphabet in 13 minutes. Sweet. Maybe you I should learn You can learn the imperial, the metric system in 13 minutes too. It's very easy. <laughs> you keep going until you get to 100 or 1,000 and then you go to the next unit and you're done. I've just realized that it's like Friday the 13th. This is the 13th episode. You just said 13 like three times. That's oh why my computer my has decided God. that it has no space left. <laughs> it's Something only had to got go wrong. 13 megabytes left. Oh, God, probably. <laughs> I don't know what the theme tune is to Friday the 13th. I've never seen it. I don't know either. Okay. Well, that's probably it for this week. So thanks for hanging out again. We really appreciate it. We'll be coming to you live next week from the possible possible isolation possible (laughs) yeah i'm locked down yeah probably it won't affect this show because well we record from home anyway so yeah we do everything from home so it'll still happen in fact we'll have more time to do it so we might be able to pump out a bonus episode that we will put out when we can't do it one week for whatever reason yeah might not be a bad idea okay all right sounds good enjoy bye yay